the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The real sting of death is once we have died, that we will all stand in the presence of God. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles, with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today, we start a brand new message titled, Ready to Listen, in John chapter 13. Have you ever looked at someone and said, I cannot believe what they just did? I would never do that myself. Not in a million years. Yes, I think we've all said that maybe a few times. Yet, as life would have it, we all do things that we, well, totally regret later. Many times, because we're not willing to change. We're not willing to listen to those that are around us. Nor were we willing to listen to the warning signs that maybe God put out there for us. Yes, we all have things that we wish we could blot out of our lives, all from our own history ourselves, chapters of our own lives that we wish just never happened. Yes, you could say in life, if we insist on falling on our face, if we insist on making a fool of ourselves, if we insist on, without exception, you know, making it a policy of our life to never listen to anybody around us, to never obey the warning signs that we encounter, to always make it a practice of just going for it. If we say and we stick to that criteria, then we will have a great chance of royally messing up our lives in one way or another. Yes, consider this lonely 73-year-old man that wanted a pet to keep him company. So he bought two rabbits, a male and a female. Well, his neighbors tried to warn him about the obvious. Don't you know that rabbits multiply? How many know that rabbits multiply quickly? Okay, so I knew that too, right? But I thought, you know what? If I'm going to use this as an analogy, I want to look up how often they can multiply. Did you know that a rabbit can have babies every 31 days? And do you know that the female only needs two days to get pregnant again? And each litter can be between one and 12 rabbits. Okay, do the math on that. Okay, yes, this man didn't listen to his neighbors, though. And after one year, New Orleans Humane Society stepped in. Why? Because this unnamed man's house was filled with 73 rabbits. Okay, it could have been worse, but it was 73 rabbits. Evidently, they had chewed up all of his furniture. 
you know, uh, I actually like rabbits. I've had rabbits as pets before. They actually make really good pets. And so we had a rabbit and, you know, we had him kind of potty trained. So he would just kind of walk around the house and just kind of do his own thing. Well, one day I noticed, you know, the little moldings around the door frames of the house. It was chewed up on one. I go, I can't believe this. Then I looked at another one. That was chewed up. Another one. He was eating the house. The house was, oh, and the rabbit was like, he ate every door frame in the house. I had to cut off all the bottoms of the frames and replace them. I mean, this rabbit was going postal on me. Anyway, so this rabbit got put back in the cage. It's like, you are no longer free to walk around here. But why is it that we don't listen to people when they warn us about things? I remember this one time right after my wife and I got married, I watched my friend deal with a problem that he had with wasps under his eaves of his house. So he went out and he bought this special nuclear powered spray. It was like 25 bucks a can. And he would stand back like 20 feet and this thing would spray like, boom, like right there 20 feet and just hit these wasps and they would just drop on the ground. And now you got to understand. 25 bucks back in that day. This is like back in 1979. Okay. Gas was like 85 cents a gallon. Okay. That's a lot of money. So I had wasps at my house and I said, I am not spending 25 bucks a can for this nuclear power stuff. So I go in the house and we have this big old wasp nest with wasps all over it. I get the raid Ant and roach killer, okay? Because I'm thinking like, well, if this can kill a cockroach, it can kill a wasp, okay? Because did you know cockroaches are so gnarly that a cockroach can actually lose its head and still survive? And then it dies because it no longer has a mouth and it can't eat. I mean, think about that for a second, just the implication there. You survived a decapitation, but then you die because you can't eat, okay? It's like, you know you're having a bad day, but that's a whole nother story. We'll get on that one another time. So I take my ant and roach killer, and I remember going up to this wasp nest, and I get right up to it. I mean, I'm like inches from it, and all the wasps are all crying, and they all stop, and they all turn their head. (laughs) They're all looking at me, and I remember I pulled the trigger. I mean, they snort raid. They don't care about that stuff. They all came down in my face. It It wasn't a good day for me. Anyway, I was running for my life. But getting back to the main point, Why is it that we will not listen to other people? Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why we don't. Granted, there are times that we do, but let's face it, most of the time we don't. Maybe it's because we can't always trust the people around us and what they say. But one thing for sure, when God speaks to us, Through his written word, the Bible, we must always be ready to listen to what he has to say, even if it doesn't seem to make sense to us or how outdated it might seem. For if we refuse to listen to God, we might just have to learn the hard way. Well, today, as we continue in our study through the Gospel of John, we will once again be in chapter 13. Now, as you remember, Jesus and his disciples are spending their last Passover together. Yet, the disciples have no clue that this is the last Passover that they will spend with Jesus. They have no clue that this is the last night that they will spend with Jesus before he's crucified. It's not because Jesus didn't tell them. He certainly wasn't keeping them in the dark. On the contrary, it's because every time Jesus told them that he would be delivered up to the high priest and killed, 
the disciples just seemed to not get it. Yet why didn't one of them say, uh, excuse me, Lord, did you just say that you're going to be handed over to the religious leaders and that they were going to kill you? But the disciples had their own agenda. Maybe they just chose not to hear what they didn't want to hear. They had their own agenda like many of us have our own agenda. They wanted Jesus to step up and and give his kingdom and lay it out in front of them so that they could be part of that kingdom. Their hope was that they could actually rule and reign with Jesus in the here and now. Understand, Jesus will set up his kingdom on this earth one day, and I think it'll be sooner than anyone could ever imagine. And he will reign with a new heaven and a new earth for a thousand years here on this earth. In fact, the Bible says in the Old Testament book of Zechariah, chapter 14, verse nine, it says, and the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one In his name, the only one. And people will live in it. And there will be no more curse. For Jerusalem will dwell in security. Yes, in our text, the Jews wanted that peace. And they wanted it right now. And guess what? Jerusalem today still wants that peace. They're waiting for the Messiah to come and give them that peace. Then we're told, though, in the New Testament, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. They will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Talking about all of those from the time that Jesus came, was crucified and resurrected, all those who have been born again, all the way to the end of time now, and those who are taken up in the rapture of the church, we will rule and reign with Christ for that thousand years. Now, how did they get to this idea, though, that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom right there and then? Why did they seem to embrace that and totally ignore every time Jesus said that he was going to die? Well, there's many verses in the Bible like we just read in Zechariah, also in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, that says, There will be no end to the increase of his government or his peace from then on and forevermore. Yes, there is no end to Jesus. Yes, he came back once and he's coming back again. But that verse in Isaiah was only reading half of the story. For Isaiah, as you know, went on to say in chapter 53, verse 7, that he would be oppressed, that the Messiah would be afflicted, and that he would be like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. Yes, the disciples were right and correct in their thinking that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom on earth one day. But what they didn't realize was the whole plan. They didn't see the entire picture, you could say, for this was his first coming. And his main purpose and focus on his first coming was to deliver all of humanity from the hands of sin and death. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the sting of death is not dying. This thing of death is not dying. Why? Because we're all going to die. 
Well, some of us might not die because Jesus could come back in a rapture. We could be taken away. But everyone that's died in the past, look, we've gone to funerals. People die. People die all the time. This body is, uh, of flesh here is going to die. It's going to be worm food. But we, the spirit that lives inside that body, will go on forever. That's why the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So the body will die. So it's nothing wrong with dying. The real sting of death is once we have died, that we will all stand in the presence of God. And in his presence, we will all be judged for every sin that we've ever done. Think about the magnitude of that. That does not send warm fuzzies down your spine. It's, to me, it sends a horrifying thought. What, I'm going to stand before God and all my sin is going to be judged? Everybody outside of Christ, that is because they will all be found guilty. Yet that's why Jesus came the first time to not only establish himself as the Messiah Savior, the true Passover lamb, but as the new and living hope for all of us. Because the power of the cross was in the power of the resurrection. For Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered death and he bought us back by his own death from the curse of the law. To those who receive him and those who have repented of their sins, becoming Jesus became that curse for us. That's why the Bible tells us this so clearly in Galatians chapter three, verse 13. He says, Christ redeemed us. He bought us back from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse for us. That's why we embrace him as our savior. So yes, Jesus was going to set up his earthly kingdom one day, but not on his first coming but rather on his second coming. And the Bible tells us of the season in which his second coming will take place. It will be a time like we're living in today, a day that's filled with all kinds of uncertainty, a day that's filled with earthquakes, wars, famine, disease, and many spreading false truth, speaking lies. The world will lose its hope because of all of these things. Has the world not lost hope around us? Can can we not see that around us? And people's love will wax cold. It will just be, well, people will just not care for people anymore. Yes, I believe that Jesus could come back for his people at any moment. Those who truly know him as their savior and their Lord. And for those that are left behind, they will have to suffer through the great tribulation period. That's when the earth, as we know it, will be completely destroyed. From the day that Jesus comes back for his true believers, which is known as the rapture of the church, there will be a seven-year period until the end of the world. So when Jesus comes back and takes us with him, the true believers will be caught up to be with the Lord forever in the clouds. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, from that moment, you can hit the stopwatch. There's seven years left for the world, and it will be completely annihilated. In that time, there will be nuclear war, there'll be famine, and disease will run rampant. And that's where the mark of the beast will be introduced. 
That's the number that people will have to have either on their right hand or their forehead. The Bible tells us that there'll be a one world government, there'll be a one world money, and that you cannot buy or sell or do any business, go to the doctor, anything without the mark of the beast. Now, it's not just a matter of taking a code on your hand or your forehead. It's about accepting the world order of the Antichrist. And, you know, could you imagine just reading this 50 years ago, 75 years ago, and thinking, oh, it's going to be a cashless society. There will be no more cash. And that there will be one world money. And then you would have said, no, that's impossible. No way. Not going to happen. What do we have today? We're heading towards a cashless society. When I took my wife over to London trying to celebrate her 40th anniversary. (laughs) She got sick. It didn't work out so well. But anyway, when we were over there, there was multiple places that I went into. They didn't take cash. We don't take money. I'm like, uh, I exchanged our uh, English money, our, our American money for English money, which is the pound. And I had, you know, their currency. Oh, we don't take that. We only take credit cards. And as you know, your credit cards now, you don't even have to slide them anymore. Now they have, many of them have where you can just tap them. It's just a tap thing. And it's like, why? Because there's so much fraud. There's so many people that are stealing identities and cleaning up people's money and everything that is finally going to get to a point where it's no longer about a card. It's no longer about cash. You got to have your number on you to be scanned right there. They have to look in to make sure that that's you. They have face scanners now, look even on your iPhone now. The new iPhone, just hold it up to your face. It scans your face. The technology is there. The Bible tells us in the last days, you'll know it'll be the last days because man's knowledge will increase incredibly. Imagine 150 years ago. It's like from 150 years ago to the previous 5,000 years, technology never really changed. But here in the last 150 years, especially the last 40 years, technology is off the hook. And the Bible says, when you see this happen, know that his time is near. So his time is near. These things are happening. And it's like now people will have to have the mark or they cannot buy or sell. And for all those in that seven-year period that come to know Christ as their Savior, they will have to die a martyr's death in order to get to heaven. This is why in these last days, the Lord is extending that time so that you and me could be lights that shine in this dark world to spare people of the misery that's coming before us. And by the way, with that mark of the beast, you know, you're thinking like, well, how's that going to make, how's that going to all work? Well, it's going to work like this. If you don't have that mark, then you're not purchasing on your account. Could you imagine someone walking up to buy something, you know, on your account? Well, let me see here. I got a couple hands in here. Will this one work? Uh, any more money in this one? I mean, you know, it's like, it's going to be you or it's not happening. But anyway, with all of that said, after three and a half years of that seven-year period, God's wrath then hits for the next three and a half years. And then it all ends at the end of that seven-year period with the great battle of Armageddon. It's a lot to take in but it's all totally true. Yet after all of that, God will come down at the end of that seven-year period. His foot will land on the Mount of Olives and he will create a new heaven and a new earth and he will set up his kingdom for a thousand years and we will rule and reign with him. Well, with all that as a backdrop, we're gonna consider three points in light of our title, ready to listen. Number one, wanting to go. The Lord was ready to go, and the disciples wanted to go with him. Number two, commanded to love. Jesus says, no, you're not going to go with me, but I'm going to give you a new commandment, and it is to love one another. And number three, willing to work. 
Are we willing to work? Are we willing to do the things that God wants us to do in the here and now before he comes back? Well, let's look at our first point, wanting to go. As we read John chapter 13, we'll pick up from where we left off last time. We'll pick up in verse 31. It says, therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, that's when Judas Iscariot, the dog, had left. Now he's just got the true disciples there. Jesus said to them, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer and you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Wow. We'll stop there for a moment. Notice Jesus is ready to go. There were so many times in his ministry, he says, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. Oh, it's his time now. And he is ready to do it. As he tells his disciples, I'm only here for a little while longer. And he literally means just a little while longer. The disciples had no clue that literally in the matter of a few hours, the process of him being crucified is all going to happen. Then Jesus drops a major bombshell on them. He says, you cannot go with me. What? Wait a second. Hold on. Stop the presses here. What do you mean we can't go with you? But we're wanting to go with you. Obviously, that's not what the disciples wanted to hear. For they've gone everywhere with Jesus for the last three and a half years. So not only did they not want to hear that, they didn't get what he was trying to say either. Maybe you felt the same way in the past, not wanting to accept a particular hardship that has parked itself at the doorstep of your life, a prayer that wasn't answered the way that you wanted to be answered. See, it's in those times when the hardships and difficulties come that we cry out to the Lord. And when nothing seems to happen, that's when we can lose hope on the inside. Oh, how unbearable the pressures of this life can be at times. They can drive us to the pit of despair, to the very point of wanting to give up. And now the disciples are being told by Jesus that they can't go with him. They can no longer walk with him like the way they've walked physically with him. Peter asked in verse 36, well, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus responded with, well, you can't follow me now. But do not miss what he said at the end of verse 36. He says, you can follow me later. Yes, one day we're all going to run with the big dogs in heaven. But until we get to heaven, we're going to have to trot with the chihuahuas here on earth, okay? It's like, it's like there's, there's one day that we're going to get there. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, I've got work for you to do here. You're going to be with me for millions of years in heaven. But I need you to stay focused on the plan that's here. The plan that's here. Know this, God had a plan and a purpose for each and every one of the disciples before they could go home. Which brings up our second point, commanded to love. Let's read what Jesus commanded them to do. Picking up in verse 34, he says, A new commandment 
I give to you. So this is the the Ten Commandments. Here's number 11. I'm giving you another one. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. So if you have this love for one another, oh, they're going to know it. But if you don't, then they'll never see it in your life ever. So really, that's what you're going to leave us with. This is the big commandment that you're going to leave. So you're going to take off, you're going to leave, and you've given us a commandment to really embrace, and that's it. Love one another. Couldn't you give us something a little easier to do, like, you know, building some more pyramids or something? I mean, you know, it's like, but more pyramids were not needed. Yet loving each other was. Think about it just for a moment here especially here in these last days where the love of many has already waxed cold. And what has God chosen to use to draw people to himself? Some new really killer app that we can download on our phone? No. Some new technology that's just going to blow our minds? No. His choice is to use his own children Not only loving one another, other believers, but showing that love to those that are around us. That's all the time we have for our message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.